complete and utter shock. An ending that was great as far as entertainment goes for, again, a game in January. Not for its sheer and utter greatness, necessarily, but for how many times each team tried to give it away. This was the craziest final 12.6 seconds that I've seen in a very long time. Highlighted by the six points in seven seconds that likely brought you here, but what brought me here was another chance to dunk on the Brooklyn Nets as they collapse massively and manage to lose to the team with the worst record in the Eastern Conference. So let's break it down right now. So let's address the glaringly obvious and go-to excuse that the Nets will have for this game, and that was James Harden was missing from action with a thigh contusion. For those of you at home unsure of what that is, that'd be a bruise. It'd be a bruised thigh. Hopefully it's nothing important. Hopefully he doesn't miss too much time for both the Nets' sake and just our general intrigue. We wanted to see the big three now that it exists and Kyrie and Kyrie Kyrie and Kyrie put that on a sticker. KD and Kyrie uh, were unable to beat the worst in the East. So Bruce Brown started, played 32 minutes last game that I watched. I believe he played about seven minutes when Harden was in the game. So big uptick in minutes for him. He played better defense, I think, than what you might get out of James Harden, although James Harden does like to play the passing lanes. But Bruce had not a great offensive game. We will get to his role at the end in those last 12 seconds. We'll get to that momentarily. So now that that's been addressed, yes, I understand Harden was out and that's a good potentially at least 20, potentially 30 points off the board right there. Nets may may be right to think that they would have won that game with James Harden, but that's not how the game was played. So the Wizards hung tight with the Nets for most of this game. They were down five with 12 seconds left after Kyrie Irving made free throw. Bradley Beal pushes it up the court and shoots a pull-up jumper in the face of Bruce Brown and another defender. Kyrie was doing this weird thing that, I mean, as a as a former guard, uh, I have absolutely done this before tons of times where you kind of crouch down like a cat and try to sneak up into the backcourt like no one's going to see you to try to maybe play a pass. I think he potentially thought the ball was going to go up. The Wizards had three people around that could accept the inbound pass, and I I think that Kyrie was looking to make a steal and didn't 
anticipated the ball not going to Bradley Beal, which is where it went off the inbound. So he gets himself out of position, and it doesn't really matter. It just looked really goofy watching him. That all, all of a sudden he wants to play defense, and that's how he's going to do it. I think in that scenario, when you are up five, why are you full court pressing? He should have been behind the half court line, ready to pick up his man as soon as his man got across half court. You don't need to play defense for 90 feet when you're protecting a five-point lead. If it, it, It's too much risk, not enough reward. When you're down, sure, take the chance, but you don't want to take the, ch- the chance to get burned here, um, which he's lucky that it didn't happen, but it was still a really dumb defensive play, and I would be remiss if I didn't point that out. So Bradley takes about three dribbles past half court and pulls up from the volleyball line with two people in his face. It's a well-contended shot. Give Bruce Brown credit. He was all up in Bradley's grill, and BBL just stuck it anyway. Straight buckets. I don't even know if the net moved. It was one of those, wasn't a perfect swish where it just hit perfectly dead on in the back of the rim and just thunk like just oh I don't think the net moved so now we're into a two-point game the nets show a little bit of frustration there's a little bit of confusion KD and Kyrie are both uh, around the block uh, if they're if we're on the so if we're with Joe Harris on the baseline getting ready to inbound KD and Kyrie are both on the right side of the paint and as is Joe Harris. So he's getting ready to pass the ball in. It's a perfect storm of miscommunication. The wrong thing happened. KD and Kyrie both cut towards the middle. KD cuts quick cut towards the rim uh, to go get the ball at the exact second when Joe Harris pushes the ball to the outside. So Harrison Wagner, I believe was his name. Harrison Harrison Matthews. Uh, gets the steal and maybe travels pretty close. I watched it a couple times. It's a quick, quick second step there. I don't know. It, you might think he traveled and you might be right, but the ball gets flipped quickly to Russell Westbrook, who had been on Kyrie. So, you know, there's no one around and he sticks his open three to give the Wizards a one-point lead. Absolutely crazy scenario. Uh, Luck of the draw. Right place, right time. Bad decision by the Nets. You got to have a few set plays in these scenarios. You have to know what you want to do, and you have to be on the right page with your teammates. It's if you're going to have a mishap like this, have it in January, right? If you're going to make this mistake, this is now is the time to make those mistakes so that you can learn from them. But at this level, with especially with a guy like KD, I don't know. I think you need to know what your two best superstars like to do in that situation. If you're Joe Harris, I tend to put more of the blame, unfortunately for him, on him than I do. KD and Kyrie, and you know if I could, I would love to find a way to blame this on the popular guys, but it's it's just not the case this time. He made a cut, ball goes the wrong way, easy steal, <laughs> and Russell Westbrook made a three. I mean, what are you going to do? 
when that's happening, I mean, I know he's been shooting them a lot more, and he's been shooting them in a lower uh, field goal percentage. He's been sh- he's been less efficient shooting them, and he's been shooting more of them. But hey, you leave a former MVP open like that, you will live to regret it. So the crazy part for this is because most of you have probably seen everything I just described, so not breaking news there. What blew my mind really is the following play. Um, it's a couple seconds left on the clock. Kyrie is inbounding, which I think is an interesting play call there. I don't know. Now, I don't know if that's what I would have done. Conventional wisdom says usually, you know, you want to have a, if you have a tall player that can pass, obviously you're not going to have Kevin Durant inbound the ball. And again, the Nets front court woes have been well documented on this channel, if not everywhere else. So maybe I would have, I don't know, Jeff Green inbounding the ball here. So that way I have Kyrie. I'd rather give Kyrie a chance to get open to hit a shot. He had leading up to the the big mishap in the Wizards run, Kyrie had scored on three straight possessions late in the fourth quarter. He was on fire. He was hitting those Tracy McGrady two dribble pull up from a foot inside the three point line for you kids out there. Yes. T Mac was one of the first to do that and do it incredibly well. Used to always drive me nuts. Like, come on, man, take one step back and get you that extra point. You've got it. You've got the range. Do it. Well, Kyrie loves that shot too. I statistically, you know, analytically, it's one of the worst shots you can take, but when you make it, analytics be damned man when you got that you got that but Kyrie gets away with the travel of his own which is why I'm less caught up about the potential travel that happened on the big steel play because the rest gave that back to the Nets Kyrie when he's supposed to be standing still <laughs> not the not the bust his chops too bad but a play that those of us who played basketball in like middle school and high school are aware of like this is a this is a JV mistake man you how long you've been playing basketball you got to know you can't move your feet in that situation he's over there chopping his feet he does not have the baseline to run and even more insane the nets have a complete blown assignment bradley beal is guarding no one on this inbound play if you if if you missed the game and you just watched highlights and they didn't show this, go check it out. It is mind-boggling. The, the Nets really should have still won this game despite their epic collapse. Because Bradley Beal's got no one. Uh, Bruce Brown is left open. So we're in a similar scenario we were with Joe Harris where the ball, except this time it's the underneath the hoop that the Nets are shooting at. So Kyrie's underneath the hoop to the right. We've got someone near him in the post area and we've got three players essentially around that guy we've got it spread out there's someone in the corner there's someone at the top of the key and Bruce Brown is on the left side elbow and no one is guarding him and the person who is covering the corner has kind of split the difference they're hanging out on the low left block so they have maybe a chance to step over to get to Bruce Brown and then 
there's Bradley Beal playing on the right elbow. Again, guarding not a soul. Don't know what he's doing. Don't know how he missed his man. Uh, any fatigue maybe sat in. I don't know. Love, love to know what the defensive strategy was here for the Wizards. Uh, Bruce Brown cuts right across the face, right down from the elbow to that right block. Gets a perfect bounce pass from a traveling Kyrie Irving. And misses the layup. Goes up with his left hand. Flat out misses the layup. Bradley Beal uh, makes up for his error by getting the rebound and getting fouled. He then very comically... Bradley's shot is so money right now, he can't even miss free throws when he wants to. So he... uh, (laughs) Comically gets one to roll in and is very disappointed. That's one of my favorite things to see when a player tries to miss a free throw and then gets you get to see the angry reaction when they make it. But this one was a wild one. I don't have much more for you other than to say that this is exactly what we've been talking about with the Nets, and we will continue to talk about it until it gets fixed. And at that point, you can all tell me I'm wrong, and I will... Never admit to being wrong, so shut up. (laughs) Couple of things here. The Nets are on pace to potentially have the highest offensive output in the history of the NBA. They are running up scores like it's nothing. They also are the worst defensive team in the NBA, and allegedly, according to reports that I've heard, are on pace to have potentially the worst NBA or the worst defensive production in NBA history. So uh, they're playing half of the sport right now. They're playing that half incredibly well. But this is another one. We talked about, what was it, the second worst offense in the league. They gave up 146 points in overtime. This time, they gave up 149 points to the Wizards, and it didn't even go into overtime. And James Harden doesn't solve that particular problem. He maybe gets a couple of steals. He certainly scores some points and would get some assists, but it's not like Kyrie wasn't doing things offensively. Late in the game, you didn't see much Kevin Durant, but it's the, the defense is the problem here, and it's going to continue to be a problem until they find some veterans uh, to, that that get bought out near the All-Star break. I don't know what kind of trades they can even make to get anyone. They really are in dire need of some disgruntled players to force their way out to get signed by the Nets. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do uh, other than to wait and hope that the Cavs either cut Drummond or... Kevin Love, I don't, I don't know. It's, I'm sure there's someone out there they could, like it's like I said before, they they might want to start calling some of the boys from the big three, see if they can't poach a power forward or a center from that league. It's getting ugly. Um, now, still plenty good enough to get to the playoffs. I think. They have a chance to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but it all depends on who they match up with. The Sixers, who had a huge comeback against my Pacers, they going into the fourth quarter down double digits. I believe they were down 13. They came back to win that game. They are looking tough, and they have a front court presence. They have the one thing that the Nets can't do anything about, and 
from what we saw in James Harden's first game with the Nets, they had no answer for Vucevic. So if you've got a center that can score the ball, he might go Christian Leitner on you and shoot shoot 12 for 12 that night. But anyway, that's it. I'm done. Done rambling on the Nets and their deficiencies. You can find me in the next episode or on the internet at Smoke Break Sports. Love you so much. Talk to you later. Take it easy.